This podcast is sponsored by 3SI Security Systems. For over 50 years, we've worked with our law enforcement partners to create a safer world. Our advanced GPS tracking technology provides highly effective asset protection to financial institutions and retailers. And our app-based SAAS solution protects staff and branches against crime during vulnerable openings and closings, active threat situations, and more. All while increasing efficiency and making reporting and analysis a breeze. Learn more at 3SI.com. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. In an age of fast-evolving technology resulting in a security arms race, it's more important than ever to keep your credit union staff and members safe. Hi, my name is Yi Kang Yang, Digital Media Design Specialist at CUNA, and welcome to the CUNA News Podcast. In today's episode, I will be having a conversation with Scott Kaplan, Inside Sales Leader at 3SI Security Systems, about different ways you can secure your credit union branch in a post-COVID branch environment. We go over topics like new security challenges due to staffing and branch environment changes, the five zones of branch security, and even crazy stories involving ATM heists. We hope you enjoy. Hi, Scott. Uh, Thanks for coming on to the Kennedy News Podcast. You're very happy to have you on. Um, So let's just dive right into it. Let's just have our audience get to know you, who you are, what you do, and how long you've been working at 3SI and in banking security. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So I've spent uh, the last 20 years of my career in leadership in all types of companies, from startups to Fortune 500 companies to Fortune 50 companies, all focusing around security, both cybersecurity and physical security. I've been with 3SI for about a year uh, in leadership, focusing on delivering um, specific value propositions to our clients to shore up their both their brick and mortar and the communities around them. Great. We're happy to have you on here. So over the last few months, uh, have you noticed any changes to the typical branch environment? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, um, <laughs> my brain kind of casts back to, I want to say maybe five years ago when a, a big national banking brand started doing advertisements about uh, not banking in a, in a location uh, or a traditional branch, but in like a coffee shop, you know, and it was like a branded coffee shop. And I was like, I thought to myself, this is weird. So what are they doing? Are they de- depositing money with a barista? You know, what does that what does that look like? But, you know, it turns out that that national brand uh, was kind of a um, a front runner in kind of this redesign of what a branch looks like. And it's true. You know, you have, you know, you have institutions that have a a traditional setup and then you have institutions that are moving towards this, what I call an open branch. So you don't necessarily have a teller anymore. You have a, uh, you have a customer service associate that can deposit a check for you, but they can also uh, help with an insurance or a loan, you know, so they're cross-trained and the look and feel of the branch is different. It's, um, it's again, like I said, it's open, you know, it's, it's less, um, there's less barriers. So instead of, you know, these kind of booths where a teller might sit, uh, it's a desk and customer service is also their desk, but there's couches and recliners and, um, you know, tables and there's free Wi-Fi. So an interesting shift in the financial institutions that are making this, these decisions, there's clearly a reason. And I think that's because the demographic that they serve is demanding that type of service and look and feel. 
Yeah, that's that's really good to hear just to to see that branches are going for a warmer and more welcoming environment, which I think is great. So could you explain a little bit more in detail how staffing challenges are affecting branch operations? Yeah, we're hearing from our clients quite a bit about staffing. You know, staffing, uh, number one, annual pay is significantly inflated. Not that that's a bad thing, but, you know, if you if you rewind three years ago, you know, you're looking at probably a 20 to 30 percent increase in, in the cost of labor. That's number one, finding the right people for uh, the role has been challenging. And then handling turnover, you know, uh, there's a significant amount of resources that go into the hiring process with HR and the training process with, you know, management and then the retention process. Um, that's a lot of, it's a lot of people hours that are invested and the, the job market being what it is, super competitive, there's a higher likelihood that someone might leave the organization after maybe just starting because they've they found a, a, a new gig. It's it has a significant effect and there there are regulations around, you know, the for example, the Bank Protection Act and NCUA seven forty eight that have specific requirements around opening, closing, security. So really holding on to the folks that are good at their job and can show up every single day is important. And, um, you know, it, it is quite a challenge for financial institutions that, that are involved in kind of this labor crisis. So when it comes to security, how would you describe where and what needs uh, to be protected in a branch? Yeah. So, you know, luckily we have a, a really close partnership with law enforcement. We've, we've, we've had that relationship for the 50 plus years that we've been in business and they've helped us identify a zoned system, a zoned way of looking at uh, a financial institution branch. We call it the five zones. Uh, just to give you an example, you know, so zone one would be what, what I would call the back of the house. So the vault where the teller drawers are, are kept, uh, you know, maybe some, some back offices, you know, some of the folks that are working behind the scenes. Zone two is the highest traffic area. So that's where, you know, your customer service, uh, you know, maybe an inside ATM is going to be. That's where your transactions are held or taken care of. Uh, zone three is the entry exit. You know, we're looking to protect, you know, who who's coming and going. Uh, there may be another ATM or that's where folks decide to situate an ATM in that entry exit area. Zone four is the parking lot. So, you know, think about a drive through window, you know, security cameras up on poles in the, in the parking lot, and then also perhaps a standalone ATM. And zone five is the community at large, really, because what we're looking to do is not only protect assets and people within brick and mortars or in their parking lot, but, you know, it's really about taking criminals off the street and working hand in hand with the police, the local law enforcement to help the communities thrive and put the bad guys behind bars. Because a lot of these, a lot of the perpetrators are either serial perpetrators, they're multiple time offenders, um, and the more of those folks we can put away, the, the safer the communities that we serve can be. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. Uh, especially in a in a in a banking environment, you want you know maximum security, and it's it's good to hear that there's an, an organized five zone plan that keeps everyone safe and all their information and banking information safe. So why does the word budget need to leave the conversation when talking about security needs? 
what you're asking there is not for me to say spend all the money you have on security, right? It's really thinking it's thinking more intelligently about the security profile of the organization. So for example, almost all of our customers have, you know, what we would call traditional security measures. Alarm systems, uh, access control, closed circuit TV, that's what I would call the necessities. We're providing solutions that layer on top of these traditional methods of keeping a branch safe. I hesitate to say the word insurance because <laughs> insurance is one of those like necessary evils. I don't I don't think that um, looking at three three SI that way is is appropriate. But our solutions are definitely a want versus a need. But we're not talking about millions of dollars in infrastructure investment. We're talking about fractions of a percent of a budget invested in something that can, number one, keep employees and customers safe, keep assets safe, and then, like I mentioned, the community at large safer. Again, it's, it's just important to think outside of the budget bubble and, you know, like senior leadership have a conversation that says, hey, let's look at something that might augment what we have in a positive way. I definitely agree. You know, security is definitely something you need to invest in. Uh, so what can branches do to increase efficiency while also meeting compliance requirements? Great question. Uh, I think that folks need to be investing in technology. We hear it from our prospects and customers every day, things like core conversions and software upgrades. Um, so making those investments and involving security experts, whether it be 3SI, whether it be uh, the folks that are you know handling your alarm or ask access control, asking them what other solutions are available for them, and then keeping in mind those five zones. You know, again, this isn't a 3SI idea. This is a law enforcement idea. You know, so protecting each of those zones, each zone has a particular profile and looking at the profile of each zone and say, hey, you know, what do we what do we need to protect here? Are, are, are our vaults at risk? Are our ATMs at risk? It's, it's, it's crazy to say, but you hear these stories about, you know, pickup trucks and just like slamming into like ATMs on an island or chaining them and just like literally just like taking them away, unbolting them from the ground, um, you know, and taking them somewhere else to just, you know, peel the cash out of them. Um, you know, so I think it's really important to, to look, examine that and say, what can we do differently? How can we adapt with the change in the level of threat while still focusing on each of those five zones? Yeah, that's interesting to hear. So th those kind of things actually happen where they're like chaining on the ATM machines and everything? <laughs> hook, yeah, it's called hook and chain. I didn't, I didn't know about it until I started with 3SI, but I mean, it's, it's, um, it is a, it's an epidemic. You know, you hear about it with financial institutions. You also hear about it in retail, like a convenience store. Let's say the ATM is right close to the, to the entrance. Pickup truck, just slam into the glass, knock the ATM off of its uh, foundation and just grab it and run away with it. It's, it's you know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy stuff. It's, it's like crazy. out of the movies. Well, with that stuff, kind of stuff happening, it's it's now even more important to have those security measures. Uh, is there any other information you'd like to talk about today, Scott? Yeah, you know, I think the one thing that's pertinent and actually covers the five zones uh, is 3SI's product called Safe Resource. And Safe Resource is really a solution that's designed around compliance, safety, and the open and close 
procedure. Now, just to give you an idea without getting super granular, but pretty much everyone listening to this podcast understands the regulations around open and close and, you know, you're audited or there's an examination or inquiry around those procedures. Um, Everyone, every institution has a checklist of things that need to be accomplished during that open and close process. Obviously, unlock the door, uh, disarm the alarm, look behind the bushes, check behind the desk, check in the break room, check the vault, etc. Um, you know, Safe Resource has a way to digitize that experience while wrapping it in a safety blanket almost. So we create a digital uh, checklist. Our customers will create a timer. They'll say, okay, we know it takes about 12 minutes to accomplish all the opening tasks. And our customers can then see, you know, who opened the branch, how long it took. And God forbid, if the timer expires without all those tasks being accomplished, we involve our next-gen 911 center and eventually the police because the assumption is that something has gone wrong. And we also have these timers around. We have open, we have closed, and we have personal timers, as well as uh, timers for folks who are replenishing their own ATMs to kind of, again, surround them with safety. They can communicate with our Next Gen 911 Center by by voice, by text, or by video call, like FaceTime. Some of our customers say, okay, you know what? We're using dual access control to open and close the branch right now. If If we are challenged from a labor perspective, you know, is it worth investigating going from dual access control to single access control? Because even with single access control, there's the security backstop. God forbid, again, God forbid something happens, the police get involved. Um, so, you know, I just just a little plug for, for safe resource just because, you know, it's one of those things that, again, is a fraction of a percent of budget dollars goes super far when it comes to efficiency, headaches around compliance, and safety. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. This podcast is sponsored by 3SI Security Systems. No credit union wants to think about falling victim to a robbery. But crime is growing and being proactive is the best way to protect your branches, your staff, your members, and your assets. Let 3SI bring our 50 plus years of experience and partnerships with over 9,500 law enforcement agencies to help you. Over 140,000 other locations already trust 3SI. Shouldn't you be one of them? Visit 3SI.com to learn more.